To stay in shape, you have to hit the pavement. You have to put in some hard work and sweat along the way. Many of the same principles apply when it comes to money. Let's whip that portfolio into shape. It's time for Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. Hey gang, welcome into another edition of Financially Fit with Kyle Hammersmith. This week on the podcast, important birthdays in retirement planning. We got a lot of little milestones here that we kind of hit. Maybe we don't necessarily want birthdays as we're getting older, but these things are kind of important to the overall planning process to make sure we're doing the right things at the right time for our retirement. So we're going to chat about that this week. Kyle, you, you, you got birthdays coming out the wazoo with those kids and everything now, right? Yeah. So my son turned one last week and then my daughter turns three here on Sunday. There you go. So yeah, birthdays. And then uh, we, we got a we got a, another one on the way. So oh, hello, congratulations! Wow. Yeah, we we got until the end of October. Fantastic. So, You're gonna spread that one yeah. out a little bit. You'll have an October birthday, maybe. Yeah. There you go. Well, that's, congr- the pl- <laughs> well, that's the plan. Yeah. Well, congratulations and kudos to that. So hey, this is very appropriate for today's conversation about retirement birthdays. So uh, 50 is the first one on my list. And so when I turned 50, not too, too long ago, uh, I became eligible for catch-up contributions. What are those and what's the deal? Yeah. So at age 50, um, you're eligible to do catch-up contributions on top. Obviously, you have to be taking advantage of the uh, regular contributions. But if you take a look at your 401k, for most individuals, the annual catch-up contribution for 2022 Two, I believe is $6,500. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at the IRA or the Roth, that's an additional $1,000. Over top of what um, you could do. Yeah. So the uh, the original amount is six for IRAs and Roth. And if you're over 50, you can do the additional thousand. And then on your employer accounts, as long as you're putting in the $19,500, you qualify to do the, oh, for 2022, sorry, it's 20500 you qualify to do the additional catch up of 6500. Okay, so you're at what 27,000 on that one? Yeah. You could max out. So 27,000 and 7,000, let's say you had both accounts over the course of a full year. I mean, it's a lot of money, but you you have the ability to put away basically a little over, you know, over 30 grand uh, a year yeah. and, and, then, if, and then there's some rules obviously. Sure, on sure. Income limits and how much you make, but right. those are just general yes just the general numbers but just the the point being is is whatever it is that you're adding you can add extra to it and let's say it's you're 50 and you don't plan to retire till 67 that's 17 years worth of adding extra money that could certainly add up and make a, a nice dent hence the point of catch up contributions in case you feel like or your plan says that you are behind for retirement so that's the first one the second one, Kyle, well, we're actually, the, the, the third one is the 59 and a half. And I think most of us know, understand that we're going to go to that one in a second. But this one in between is age 55. It's really similar to the 59 and a half, but there's a couple interesting caveats. So what's the 55? Yeah, so age 55, let's say you, you've done a really good job at saving. And you, you're, not, you're not worried about the catch of contributions. You've, you've, you did that up front, right? And you're, maybe you retire at age 55. Let's say you you left your job and then at turning five, as long as you leave that money inside your 401k. Mm-hmm. So basically you'd want to leave enough money in there to last you from age 55 to 60. Um, you can actually take income withdrawals from your 401k without that 10% penalty. Now you're still going to be taxed at your federal rate um, and then maybe state depending on where you're living. Uh, but you avoid that 10% penalty. If you were to you know sit down with a 
a broker or someone who didn't understand the rules and you rolled everything over million dollar two let's say you roll two million dollar account over if you try to tap into that at age 55 you're going to get hit with an additional 10 percent penalty so you have again you have to leave whatever you're going to leave inside the 401k between 55 and 60 for income and yeah so from the job that you're just left the job you're retiring from and you can't roll it over to an IRA. So that's kind of the caveat there, but you can access it early. So the rules are very similar to the 59 and a half. It's just that you can do it at 55 with those couple of caveats in place. So yeah. And, and, I, and I work with people that are fit this bill and we basically determine how much, you know, typically we're going to take some out because we can have different investment options. Right. But we always leave enough in there for between now and age 59 and a half for enough income and then an additional amount for, you know, emergencies. Okay. And then of course that leads us to 59 and a half. So basically it's the fairly the same explanation. This is the standard one, right? But go ahead and break it down for us. 59 and a half. Let's just do the same example. You know, let's say you retire at 59. You basically, we know you can take the income. Let's, let's do it again. Let's say you retire at 59 and a half. Okay. At this point, you can leave the money inside the employer account and take out income without the penalty. Now you, you basically at this age is when the 10% penalty goes away. Yes. They don't care where the money goes, private sector, IRAs, rollovers. Um, so let's even go back. Let's say you try to do Roth conversions before age 59 and a half. Okay. If you decide to pay the tax inside, let's say you move over 50 K on a Roth conversion and you say, I'm going to withhold, you know, federal tax of $10,000. You cannot do that because that $10,000 is going to be seen as a withdrawal. So that $10,000 is subject to a 10% penalty. So you'll owe an additional $1,000. If you're going to do conversions before 59 and a half, you just need to make sure if you're moving over anything from Roth conversion, you have money to pay the taxes from somewhere else. So I forgot to bring that up, if that makes sense. Age 59. Yeah. Age 59 and a half. Now, if you want to do Roth conversions, you can withhold the taxes. They're basically you're avoiding that 10% penalty. And this is a common age also where most 401ks, like we talked about in the last podcast, they will allow you to now go into your uh, employer account, even if you're still working and typically take out, you know, 90 to hundred percent of that money and move it out to somewhere else if you want to have different investment options. Um, so that's usually the 59 and a half rule also on top of the 10% penalties basically waived. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So yeah, so a lot of little caveats, a little rules, but basically we have the general uh, concept there that when we get to 59 and a half, we can start pulling from our traditional accounts without you know, the ones that are tax deferred without uh, getting hit with those penalties, but then you still got to pay the taxes. So then we move to the, to the social security number, the first one anyway, 62. We're all pretty familiar with that. So talk to me about it. Basically, age 62 is when they allow you to start claiming your social security if you wish. So let's say you are retired age 62, you are eligible to claim. And so typically, obviously there's going to be a penalty and depending on the year you're born, it's, it's, it's usually around 25 to 30% less than what it would have been at your full retirement age. Again, depending on the year you're born, those numbers will move. Um, you just have to keep in mind at age 62, if you're going to claim social security early, I could, let's just say, let's just call 62 early. If you're going to claim it early, there's a lot of rules attached to how much earned income you can show. So if you're going to keep working, you know they don't want you to technically do that. So they're going to attach uh, earnings limits on how much you can make per year. I think it's around seventeen thousand or nineteen thousand. I went, my mind went blank. If you make over that, then they're going to start taking like a dollar for every two dollars you're over that. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I think it is twenty. I think nineteen five. I think it is. So yeah. Yeah, you, they just changed it. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you're working, if you're and if you're playing again, if you set up a, a structure and a plan where you retire early at sixty two and you're turning on Social Security, uh, but you're going to work part time. Well, then that might be fine. Just make sure that you're staying within those income limits. And of course, make yep. sure that you're talking with your advisor because don't just turn it on because you're like, hey, I'm 62 and they owe me and it's my money and I want it back. That may not be the best strategy. There's conversation about break-even point, depending on how long, you know, longevity and a lot of different things that your advisor can go through with you. And we'll touch on touch on some more of those here in a second. So let's go to 65 now. That's kind of like the universal number for retirement. And of course, we get Medicare. Yeah, so 65 is eligible for Medicare. So let's let's do an instance where you're actually going to work beyond 65. You're eligible for Medicare doesn't mean you have to enroll. And so basically at age 65, you're, you'll be enrolled into Medicare A for free, basically covering hospital expenses. That's what Medicare A is. So you're automatically enrolled. That's basically what you've been paying into your entire working career. Now, the option is the additional. So you got uh, original Medicare is Medicare A and Medicare B. So if you're still working, you don't have to enroll in Medicare, but you can delay that decision as long as you're covered by a group health insurance plan, you or you're covered under a spouse's. So you're eligible, but you're not required to enroll. Let's say you're retired already and turning 65. You basically have seven months to get enrolled in Medicare. So you have three months before the, the, the month you turn 65 to get enrolled, the month you turn 65, and then the three months after you turn 65 to get enrolled uh, into Medicare. Medicare B, sorry. Right, yeah. So, yeah, because you, you want to start that process early. You don't want to necessarily wait till you're 65, right? Because it can yeah. take a little so bit. You, so they give you a little bit of time beforehand to mm-hmm. like get enrolled into it. So when you hit that age, you're already in it. You're but ready, they give yeah. you a little bit of a... a they give you basically seven months to make that decision. Three months before, the month of your 65th, and three months after. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Now, as far as Medicare goes itself, if you're going to work past, let's say you're going to work till 68, mm-hmm. once you leave, retire, you got six, You have 63 days to get enrolled in Medicare Part B or Medicare Advantage and get your supplement plans and everything in place. So a little bit different time frame there. Wow. Okay. Good to know for sure. Uh, so 66 or 67, that's when we get to the FRA, that full retirement age. And that changes just based on when you're born. Yeah. So depending on the year you're born, 66, 66 in a couple months, 67, it's basically when they are, are saying you're entitled to hundred percent of your credits that you've contributed in your payments. And then moving forward, if you decide to claim it, any earnings, there's no, there's no more income limits and earnings limits after that. So that's also, you know, if you're going to work part-time, work full-time, start a business, like that won't make your soul, it won't be, they won't penalize your monthly social security payment. Um, So other than that, every year you wait after your full retirement age, your social security will get an 8% delayed credit. Um, So if your full retirement age is 66, if you delay it till 70, your payment will be 32% higher, plus any cost of living adjustments on top of that. And that's all compounded. Wow. Yeah, definitely. So it's something you want to certainly think about when you're talking about full retirement age uh, with your strategy. And then 70 is that, it's not really on my list, but 70 is that the max out. And some people have asked questions before, like, Kyle, if you keep working past 70, are you still feeding into Social Security? You're not. You could still work past 70, obviously, but you're just it's no longer adding, correct? 
Yeah. And there's no benefit of waiting to take Social Security after 70. Right. Yeah. So just go ahead and just do it. And even if you're still working. So, all right. So 72, it used to be 70 and a half, but they got rid of that little half thing, which was great. Uh, back in 19 with the um, Secure Act, they moved it to 72. That's our RMDs now. Yeah. Required minimum distributions, basically. Uncle Sam's coming knocking on your door. So we talked about. <laughs> Says, give it to me. For, any type of tax deferred account, like 401ks, IRAs, rollover IRAs, they're going to require you to pull out a certain dollar amount percentage. Uh, and that that's calculated based upon the year end value that needs to be pulled out the following year. So RMVs are, 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 are a big deal. Um, they're in talks right now to pushing it back to even 75. Yeah. That's probably a different podcast over the next few weeks or months once everything gets passed sure but it's basically their their uncle sam says you've deferred enough we want some tax money now and then a part of the deal is when they push it back from 70 and a half to 72 is mm -hmm. they just wanted to make they're, they're they're basically saying instead of let's say your kids inherit the money like instead of being able to stretch that out over their entire life expectancy like you used to it just needs to be depleted over 10 years now um, yeah. So and there's possibly RM some IRS rules coming around that. They may make you do RMDs and that. So we'll see. Yeah. So RMDs, just understand every year after 72, mm -hmm. the amount that's required to be pulled out, the percentage, let's just say do it as a dollar amount. It always goes up. So every when you're 80, you're, instead of pulling out 3.65, it's closer to like 7% right. or 8%, yeah. 10%. They've been waiting on their and money. The, they want it. Yeah. So... Yeah. And so if you think about whether, and that's why a lot of the conversations about, so if you've got, you know, a lot of money, a million dollars in a traditional, you know, IRA, people are like, let's do a Roth conversion either way, because the government's getting their money. So if you convert, they want their tax money. So as you're paying the taxes on it, when you go to convert it, but you're paying it maybe now at a lower tax rate than what it could be later. So, you know, either way you go, uh, whether you leave it there or not, and you do the RMDs at some point, uncle Sam wants their money. So you can pay me now, pay me later either way, but they, they're going to get it. So just make sure that, and it's a hefty penalty, Kyle, right? If you don't do your RMDs like you're supposed to, it's yeah, a big, so it's five, the biggest penalty in the tax book. It's 50, 50%. Yeah. 50%. That's a five zero. So if you owed like, I don't know if it was a $10,000 RMD, uh, you're looking at what? 20 grand, right? Yep. Well, and, and then the taxes or 10 plus yeah. five. Yeah. And then taxes. Yeah. Yeah, so there would there would be a five thousand dollar penalty yeah. if you didn't pull out the ten thousand yeah. plus you would owe taxes on all of that. Yeah, <laughs> hefty. <laughs> so definitely, definitely hefty. So those are some important birthdays to think about in retirement planning. Again, if if you need to go through that, listen to it again on the podcast. That's the great thing about them. You can pause, rewind, uh, play it again, all that good kind of stuff. If you got questions about these birthdays and the milestones, or what you should be, or you know maybe shouldn't be doing depending on where you're at in your age, definitely make sure you're checking with Kyle before you take any action. You should always check with a, uh, a proper you know professional. Kyle is an investment advisor representative in the IAR. So make sure you reach out to him and have a conversation. Stop by the website, mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com to get yourself onto the calendar or to have a conversation or to check out a lot of the good tools and tips and resources that he has on his website. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, all that kind of good stuff. You can share it with whoever might benefit from the message as well. So check it all out, mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com. Kyle, thanks for hanging out, my friend. I appreciate you, and uh, good luck with the upcoming birthday and the upcoming baby. Of course, we're going to talk again in a couple of weeks. So. Yep, yep. Take care. I appreciate you. We'll see you next time right here on Financially Fit with Kyle Hammerschmidt.
Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and Mocan Wealth Management are unaffiliated entities.